Mac Jones is ripped. Matt Patricia is calling plays. The Celtics are title favorites. And The Ringer has a new Boston show. I'm Brian Barrett, host of Off the Pike, the show covering all things Boston sports. I'll have shows multiple times a week covering your favorite teams and with your favorite Ringer and local guests. Plus, maybe Bill will stop by to rant about the Sox. Follow Off the Pike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. It's the Full Goal, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every, that's right, every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning though, it's hot. Like... Literally, it's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Welcome into, what is this, episode 249 of The Full Goal Podcast. I'm Jason Golf, And of course, we're brought to you by The Ringer and Spotify is the gang. Hopefully, everybody enjoyed their uh, holiday weekend. Uh, you know, hopefully everybody had a reflective and introspective Memorial Day. And for those of you that didn't, hopefully you enjoyed all the barbecue. I saw a lot of barbecue shaming going on on the social medias. Uh, and I don't know how I feel about that. You know, it was, <laughs> it was it was the people who are taking over Juneteenth telling people you shouldn't be going to barbecues on this day. I'm like, all right, come on, man. <laughs> it's a day off, you know. And I understand the celebration uh, of you know, or the remembrance, I should say, of the the soldiers who gave their lives for our freedoms that we have to this day. Uh, but just try not to be so heavy handed, especially on social media these days, y'all. Like, lighten up. Life's going to get to you at some point. Lighten up a little bit. Uh, fellas, uh, how was your, I guess, day off? How was your holiday? How was your weekend? You know, haven't seen you guys since Sunday, what, evening, somewhere around there before all of the Game 7 media Boy, boy, boy. I I uh I was looking forward to game seven, Celtics Heat, right? Not knowing who I should really be rooting for or why I'm even this intrigued by the situation. I know why I'm intrigued. 150 times it's happened, and you were looking for that first time for a game seven 
uh, to to go to a team that, first of all, you never you never get a game seven on a, on a team's home court that was down three all. That never happens, ever, 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 ever happens. So so that was the circumstance headed into it, and then we we got a chance to watch the Boston Celtics. Um, in very short order, kind of make that thing not a game. Like, I kept rooting for it to be a game. I kept like, all right, back within nine, back within eight. But we all know when Jason Tatum's ankle went, so went the uh, the heart and fight and might of that Boston Celtics group. Um, all the things that people have been talking about with that team kind of just came right to the surface. You know, the 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 lack of offensive versatility, the lack of offensive imagination, period. You, f- you feel like you got those two dynamic ball players on the court at the same time, that, that at some point they should be able to play off of each other. It still seems like your turn, my turn kind of vibes. And then when the ankle happens in the first play of the game, I'm like, okay. For, one, I'm like, oh, what's going to happen here? Are we going to have the the tale of Jason Tatum leaving the game and, you know, Boston blaming everything on him? Or are we going to have Jason Tatum triumph through this injury? And we had neither. We had neither. Jason Tatum was out there hurting him more than he was helping him. Uh, defensively and offensively, and the Miami Heat did a great job of attacking the shit out of everything that he was doing. They had, they were attacking. He couldn't lunge to his right because of that. Oh, I'm sorry, his left, right? His left ankle. He couldn't lunge to his left because of that ankle. They were driving right. Like the way that the Miami Heat picked apart what the Celtics wanted to do, it was as if they knew at the end of game six, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. And then they didn't even know that Jason Tatum was going to turn his ankle, right? They, they knew that for whatever reason, Robert Williams and Al Horford are two really, really good defending, uh, defensive bigs, right? And Robert Williams, I think, gave Jimmy Butler fits during times of this series. But for whatever reason, that drop defense on a pick and roll continued and NBA players made NBA shots. Kyle Lowry showed you the game before. Gabe Vincent showed you this game. Max Struess in a, in a moment where Derek White, the, the game six hero, turns his head in a singular moment where he turns his head. Jimmy Butler snaps a pass over to him on the wing. Next thing you know, it's the first lead is it, they, they get the lead and never give it back. Like, these are the little things. While a Bulls fan like myself and Bulls fans that I was talking to on the text, like, ah, oh, this is, his team was, his team was down three points to the Bulls with three more minutes and 45 seconds left in, in the playing game. And I, and I text one of my homeboys. And I said, yo, you know what happened? Uh, the real dudes said it's time to turn this thing up a notch. And that's what's happened this entire postseason for the Miami Heat. They have stared down the 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 Philadelphia 76ers. They have stared down the New York Knicks, the upstart New York Knicks. They have stared down the Boston Celtics. And in the end, the dudes that they had took their cool off. It's a common theme of this show. Like, if you want to talk championship shit, then cool. We're going to have to get into it. They were a championship level uh, of composure, of uh, execution. Uh, I mean, Caleb Martin was out there looking like a poor man's Tracy McGrady before the celebration started for Jimmy Butler, right? Because let's face it, first half of that game, they were carried by Caleb Martin. Don't ever get it twisted. And don't ever get it twisted like Caleb Martin kind of wasn't the best player in this series. Like if you look at game in, game out, contributions on both ends of the floor, 
the knee injury that happened that just kind of went away because it's time to get paid, like the rebounding, like the 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 in traffic rebounding that one of the most slender dudes on the floor was able to uh, commit himself to. Yeah, man, winning players, winning players, and, and Bulls fans, you know, Gabe Vincent. Yeah, the last two years we've been watching him hit jump shots on Bulls uh, defenses, and you're like, wait a minute, who the hell is this guy? When I saw Gabe Vincent play for Nigeria, I was like, okay. All right, we, we, you know, I actually watched their game in 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 the in the, uh, in the the Olympic competition. I'm like, okay, this dude is a damn player. This ain't just some dude who got 15 on the Bulls, and it's just one of the, it's like the Edgar Bennett game back in the days, right? Like you you'd watch Edgar Bennett for the Green Bay Packers run against the Chicago Bears, like, and he would be Jim Brown. You'd watch Edgar Bennett run against anybody else in the NFL. You'd be like, oh, it's Edgar Bennett. Like Gabe Vincent was hitting shots against the Bulls the last couple of years. It's like, wait a minute, is this just the Bulls thing? Like, is this a Furkan Korkmaz kind of thing where he just sees the, the Bulls jersey and just lights up? Or is he a down, bad, like, real winning time player? And that's exactly what he is. That's all they breed. That's why when we talk about this developmental stuff and heat culture and all that, hey, they're going to take somebody who shouldn't beat you and end up beating you. And when they lose, you, we go, okay, they should have lost. But when they beat you, it, it feels like they beat you. That game seven was not close. It wasn't close. Like, we talk about the drama of a game seven that you need and all that. Hell, I was, I was messing around looking for the was it, Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars. I was like, all right, somebody got to entertain me. Because Jimmy Butler, Pat Riley, Eric Spolster just walked into the Boston TD Garden, said, hey, where's your coffee table? Unzipped. And put it right there for everybody to take a look. That's exactly, dog. There's no other way to put it, dog. There's no other way. Marcus Smart and his hair and his defensive player of the year awards, Jalen Brown. Bulls fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I am here. I am raising my hand. Hey, we straight. We good. I have talked this Jalen Brown talk the last two years. Like, you know, it's coming. that man forgot he was out there dribbling like me in an NBA game. <laughs> yeah, we we be good on turnovers. That. Biggest he with us game in NBA history. Oh, oh anytime he got us. the ball, he with us. He with us. <laughs> Every time. The, the, the Miami, he was like, all right, we got six on the court. Forget the five. <laughs> he is with us. <laughs> you know? And and Derek White, he, Derek White sitting there like, hey, man, I did this shit last game. I, I can't keep doing this for y'all. There was, there was a moment where Derek White was taking over. I'm like, wait a minute. Did they just did they just throw Jason Tatum into the fly machine and come out with Derek White? Like, what are we doing here? Right? And then Al Horford has no use for the paint. None. Like, they got Max Struess on him. They got Gabe Benson on him. They rotating. They playing a zone. Al is catching that bitch at the nail and and throwing it before he lands on the ground. Like, he is jump catching things and passing it in one motion. Not even looking at the rim. So, for all the people who want to talk about why the Boston Celtics lost, they, they lost a lot because of coaching mistakes. But this is a player thing, man. That team has felt like for the last few years that they have not wanted to be around each other. They just happen to be talented enough to continue to play 
uh, what conference championship level basketball and then getting to the finals. But that team has never really felt like a cohesive enough group. And I'm talking about the three dudes at the top. Because if you ever want to talk about your characteristics or your personality, your squad, just take a look at where the money is. Take a look at where all the 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 assets are allocated and all the resources go to. They're going to have to sit and think long and hard about a contract two or three years from now that is paying Jalen Brown in excess of $52 million a year. And with the, the CBA and with that second apron and the tax, uh, it is becoming very, very constricting to mess around and have somebody on your team in that $40, $35 million range that you can't count on. So for all the Bulls fans out there, when we talk about DeMar Rose and when we talk about Zach Levine, understand that the stage is going to show you, right, who some guys are. I just don't want anybody to be surprised when that stage comes because all we've been doing is talking about Eastern Conference contention. But when it comes down to it, these teams like the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid, MVP, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, all NBA first and I believe third team, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Milwaukee, you got Giannis. <laughs> and, and and if Chris Middleton is healthy, they're a different vibe. Drew Holiday, I don't know how much longer that man could do it, but this year was one of the best years of his NBA career. We're talking about primetime players, MVPs, dudes with hardware, dudes with legacy built up already, dudes who have stories to still fulfill. And they're getting punked by teams who just play harder, who just know who they are. Like the self-awareness key and and the the, the self-inventory factor that I think a lot of these teams hesitate to take or don't take, or it's kind of like being in a bad relationship and then and, and and you know you you slam a car door and then an argument ensues and it ain't got shit to do with the car door. These teams are finding out in the worst moments that they haven't really settled anything or any of their major questions. Like for instance, how did the Boston Celtics come back into this year without a point guard? How? Last, all people were talking about saying, hey, you got, you can't, you got to take Marcus Smart off the ball, especially, especially in crunch time moments. Well, Malcolm Brogdon has the elbow issue, right? You know, you talk about Derek White, he can do it for so long, but he's not really as explosive as you need on the ball, especially if you're trying to compromise the defense. Like every, every puzzle has got his missing piece. And every puzzle is still being rotated, like the the table's being spun while you're putting the puzzle together if you're an NBA GM or if you're a head coach. And Joe Missoula, hey, man, you know, if, if he's overmatched, I can't blame him. He wasn't made for this moment. And if he was made for it, it ain't supposed to be happening right now for him. They should still be getting coached by Ime Udoka. I don't care how anybody feels about it. And if you feel funny about it, that's fine. I can understand, right? I understand how it's not the most uh, easy thing to digest, but <laughs> it's the NBA. <laughs> like, there's a lot, there's a lot more different and um, unusual things happening behind the scenes with a lot of these coaches than you'd like to believe. So when you make that move, you have to understand that you now have to insulate your locker room with the leadership of the three most important people on your team. And all I saw was Jason Tatum go down with an ankle, try to gut it out, and Jalen Brown not be able to save that team. 
And if I'm talking about paying you 50 some odd million dollars, come on, man. <laughs> you, you're going to have to at least go down with a lot better effort than that. Eight turnovers is inexcusable in a game seven at the crib against a team that is not as talented as you. I don't give a shit what anybody says. He could be the better team. The better group of talent was the Boston Celtics going away. And every time we expected them to win, every time we expected them to win the game, they didn't. So what does that tell you about that group? The the quadri that Boston Celtics fans and Bill Simmons and, and my man, Big Jim Murray over at the Sports Hub, they're going to be talking about it all offseason. Like, what do you do? It's not like the team is old, you know, aged out. It's not like the team doesn't have stars where you're like, okay, I'll still put these two guys up against anybody's two and, and make it back to the final four, right? So they're in the, that weird place of a, a, a ship that has rudders, but is everybody going to be rowing at the same speed with synchronicity? And then when things get a little wayward, is the guy at the, the 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 head of the ship, is that the guy that's going to really change something? Like, I like Joe Mazzulla as an assistant coach, maybe, but that hard, you know, we just got to play better. We just got to do better. And 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 being gruff with the, with the with the media, hey, man, what you mad at us for? You the one that fucked it up. <laughs> like, 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 like well, let's be real about it. You know what I mean? You could be stern with everybody else on that team. We don't work for you. I'm going to ask you why the hell y'all pissed down y'all leg in this way, in this fashion. And ain't no excuses that could be made. I'm sorry. Let's cut the shit. Tyler Hero hurt after the first half of the first playoff game. They are 16 games later. Not talking about Tyler Hero. Victor Oladipo, not in there. Okay? They looked at Kevin Love and said, Here, son, have a seat on this bench. We appreciate all of your playoff tenacity and wisdom and all those things, but these last two games ain't for you. They got some dude named Highsmith from a Division II school out there playing big minutes in a Game 7 in Boston Garden to go to the NBA Finals. So when we talk about development and drafting and all those other things, they all, they're all they all buzzwords. They're all nice little catchphrases. Culture, nice little catchphrase. But when you see that shit implemented and when you see it rolled out, you salute it even when they lose. Who gets saluted more right now over the last four or five years when they lose than Jimmy Butler? Who? Jimmy Butler is going to lose in the NBA Finals, and his legacy is going to grow more than anybody who's ever lost in the NBA Finals the last two times he's been there. And you watch, and it's deserved. And it's okay because that's the way the story can be written. Because in the end, absolute are for dummies and children. And right now, neither one of those should be listening to this podcast. And if they are, you know, go ahead and drop them off at school because I think the second segment we're going to curse a lot more. But it is what it is. The Miami Heat did exactly what they were supposed to do. And I thought that they were going to lose game seven because they lost game six. I'm like, all right, they figured something out. But all they did was look right into a camera and say, we're going to win this game. Like, that's the other thing, too. Not running from the smoke. Not saying we got to put put our best foot forward. And that's a good team over there. And we respect everything about it. They made the arraignments to go to Denver. Yes, and told people. <laughs> that shit don't leak unless you unless it's supposed to. Eric Spolster smiled and looked into the into the camera like the menace that he is and said, We're gonna win game seven. He smiled. 
He smiled, and that was before the turned ankle. That was before a zone defense just absolutely sent the Boston Celtics brass bonkers. They couldn't, they couldn't break a zone defense. They couldn't break a zone defense. That was it's, wild. A, it's a high school defense. A, they were like, hey, we're going to stay in this for the next quarter. See how you fare. Oh, guys, uh, let's, uh, think you, let's shoot some more. All right, yeah, that'll, that'll get them yeah. out of it. You couldn't yeah, rebound over it. the zone, couldn't shoot over the zone, couldn't pass into the spots that are necessary at the nail or the short corner, like so many different things. Because in the end, you could be as talented as you want, but if you can't put the shit together, then nobody cares. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Game one of the NBA finals coming up. The Heat are a nine point underdog. I like the Heat plus the nine. I like Jimmy Butler to score 25 or more points. I like Jamal Murray to be more in a facilitator role in this first game against the Miami Heat defense. Let's see what kind of zone offense Michael Ballone has been practicing. I like Jamal Murray to have eight or more assists. So once again, I got the Heat plus nine. I got Jimmy Butler to score 25 or more points. And I got Jamal Murray to record eight or more assists. $10 can win you. 111 get money and good luck there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than america's number one sportsbook visit fanduel.com slash full go and get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's fanduel.com slash f-u-l-l-g-o fanduel the official sports betting partner of the nba Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y to 467-369 in New York. 21 and over in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit KS gamblinghelp.com in Kansas 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Shout out to Jimmy Butler, uh, a dude who is respected in the Chicago streets and the legend grows more and more even though, and like I keep saying, like the totality of Jimmy's career is, I think is going to be something and I, I hate that we still say this or I, that I still say this because when's the last time a 30 for 30 came out? Like we, any any little thing that happens in sports nowadays, like oh shit, I can't wait to see that Sage Steel 30 for 30. Like like, calm down, ain't no 30 for 30. <laughs> ain't no 30 for 30s being made anymore. Y'all ain't seen one in a while. In fact, I'm actually fine 
firing up an old one that I love. And in fact, uh, that OJ made in America is one of the greatest documentaries made of all time, of all time. (laughs) And and it's got all the beautiful ignorance in it that you should want. You know what I mean? Like that's great movie making. If there is another 30 for 30 made, the kid out of Tomball, Texas, who made his way to Marquette, who then got drafted by the Chicago Bulls and got thrown into a game in the Madison Square Garden to guard Carmelo Anthony by Tom Thibodeau and said, hey, go, you got the next seven minutes. Go, go try to cool off the dude who was lighting our ass on fire. And he did it. And since that moment, that motherfucker has not backed down from a thing that I have seen. Not from the shit he should get into, not from the shit he shouldn't get into. He's definitely not backing down from no play. And if y'all don't remember, earlier this season, there was a moment where Nikola Jokic ran into, uh, I believe it was Markeith Morris. I think that's the Morris brother that was playing for the for the Heat. Ran into Markeith Morris, and Jimmy Butler had some words for everybody on that sideline. So hopefully that kind of smoke will be reinvigorated. Um, you know, he is one of those dudes who uh, I, I got a chance to cover and I had mixed feelings on him as a, as a, as a player for a while, but all that shit has been removed and it's been removed for a while now too. He is a hall of famer. Um, you look back on that trade. It seems like way more than six seasons ago, way, way more than six seasons ago because it was two teams ago for him. Right. Three teams ago for him. So uh, I know a lot of people here in the city of Chicago and a lot of people running with the whole is that Jordan's, you know, (laughs) is that Jordan's (laughs) love child? You know what I mean? Like a whole bunch of things are happening right now where where Jimmy, but the legend of Jimmy Butler continues to grow. Um, I'm happy to see it. I always appreciate dudes who work hard and get the payoff. Uh, I don't think the payoff will be coming because I think that shit that they got going on in Denver is uh, akin to the beginning of the Warriors run, right? The beginnings of the Spurs run. Like, I think they're going to have this for a very long time. Michael Porter Jr.'s back has calmed down over this last year or so. Jamal Murray is healthy again. They keep putting pieces in place. I mean, think about it like this. We just talked about the money for Jalen Brown. They just messed around and got Jamal Murray for quite the discount because of the all-NBA teams he couldn't be on because of that knee injury. So you're talking about a guy who, if you're getting Jalen Brown at 53 and I'm getting Jamal Murray at 42-43, who's got the better value going forward? Like, who who, who did this thing fall for in, 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 the, in the best direction possible? It's the Denver Nuggets. They're going to pay Jokic. They're going to pay Porter Jr. They already paid Jamal Murray. They're going to pay him again. And they're going to sprinkle in pieces. And they're going to be the team that people want to go play for, just like Bruce Brown did, you know, just like KCP did. Like, they're going to be that squad. And they're going to be able to get rid of people who aren't down with the program, right? Talented players who you think you may need. Bones Highland is in the back of the L.A. Clippers bench right now in a situation where he could have been the backup league guard. So it's going to be interesting to watch. I don't think Jimmy's going to get his title this year. And who knows how many more cracks at it he's going to have. But if there's one guy that I'm not going to do that whole, he's going to get swept or the Denver Nuggets going to beat him in five with a gentleman's sweep, it's that dude. That dude has a uh, propensity to, to uh, stir up things and emotions in people who should not be on the same court with, with championship contenders. Hell, he did it in Minnesota with the third team, right? And punked the whole first team. Ruined it in. 
damn franchise pretty much by shining a magnifying glass on their most important players. I think he's going to have that same spirit. I think he's going to have that same will. I think the body's going to get a little tired because he's been doing this for 18, 17 games now. And we, we know what happens. We've seen it in the bubble before. I mean, Jimmy exerts all that energy and sometimes can't pull teams through, especially if Tyler Hero's not going to be back till game three. So I uh, I was I was wanting a lot more of game seven, but in the essence, I got what I wanted. I, I got a deserving team going to the NBA Finals in, in the Miami Heat and, of course, Chicago's very own Jimmy Butler. And that's, that's right. I said Chicago's very own because he started that shit here. He started that, that asshole energy here and then it's continued for the next, you know, seven years or whatever the case may be. So congratulations to Jimmy Butler. Congratulations to Max Struess, another Chicago Bull, former Chicago Bull who they couldn't find uh, too much use for. And now all of a sudden they need shooting. Wouldn't it be crazy if Max Struess messed around and, <laughs> and, and held a, a gun to the head of the, of the Bulls brass? Like, yeah, now y'all got to pay me $15, $17 million a year, right? Like, this is how it goes, man. And you only have leverage a few times, maybe in your career, maybe. So use it when you can. That dude has played himself into a leverage play. Caleb Martin has been outstanding, right? This is going to be, I think it's going to be a more fun series than we'd like to give credence to. I think the Denver Nuggets win this thing in six, but I'm not going to mess around and be counting out the Eric Spolstra, Pat Riley, Jimmy Butler led Miami Heat. Jimmy's a professional car puller, man. I think that's how people were. People were going to respect him. I had that in the group chat. They were like, yeah, professional card puller on your team, Anybody. on his own it team. It don't matter. Like he, out here pull, he out here pulling man. cars, man. And he pulled the cars of everybody in the East. Everybody in the East. And it's funny how the, the, the Zach Levine ended season paralleled with the Jalen Brown, where they both ended mm-hmm. their seasons with their play. Like, man, psh, Jimmy. Jimmy Punk. Man. If you're not nah, ready to play, it's gonna show. It's gonna not show. Ready to hoop. I appreciate gonna, it. I I definitely appreciate it. I think Dwight, he's the only one that's gonna get credit. Well, maybe because people don't really put him in, you know, where his talent, you know, comparatively to Giannis and LeBron's and these other superstars. But he pulling everybody. Yeah, his impact. Car. His impact is immeasurable. Like you could do that talent play all you want. Like 27, eight and six for 17 game run. That's all you gotta put out there. And he's doing it against MVPs. He's doing it against story franchises. Like, how fucked up is it that the Bob Cousy and Larry Bird trophy were won on Boston's home floor in a game seven in a situation where you could have had a historic turn of events? Like, that man came in there and turned out the lights, took the awards with your players' names on it and bounced and told you what the fuck he was going to do. Like, I, I appreciate that shit, man. I, I don't like him at, at all, but I appreciate that shit. And what we learned is we, that he has a little more help than people thought that he yeah. did. You know, it's like people like, like you mentioned, Caleb Martin, you know, like Tyler Hero coming back in game three. I don't know. He has, there's a little more juice over there than people gave him credit for, you know, and I think that's the magic. That's their magic yeah, right man. now. You know? I, uh, they, found, they found a market inefficiency. They found a market inefficiency where they got dudes to play hard basketball. Because everybody don't do that. No. And they they found a weak, a soft spot in the NBA that said there's not enough, like the three-point shot was a was a soft spot in the NBA that people start to take advantage of. I'm interested to see how these organizations move now because they see how I don't need 
I don't have to wait around for the next generational talent to hit free agency to have a chance to win basketball games. Like, I just need some guys that can play hard. But you do need the, the, the issue. That's what I'm saying. The, the, the issue you do is need the, but, the talent do, usually doesn't have to take the route that Jimmy took, you know? So when you take that route, and you always been playing like, you know, you don't belong here. So you got to you got to punk people and you got to, you know, really impose your will. The very special blue chip dudes are like that. But the blue chip dudes, you know, we didn't see. And, and it goes, I think, unmentioned far too often because we, we romanticized yesteryear. But it was a whole bunch of dudes back in the 80s and 90s who people weren't afraid of, but they were terrific players and they messed around and had all-star bursts and you knew they weren't going to win shit. And, you know, and when they finally did, it was because they had to go ring chasing. I mean, they're certain, like, like they're, and they're amazing players. Amazing. Like, and I, you know, no disrespect to anything because I don't want to name anybody that, but like, for instance, a dude like Glenn Rice. Right, Glenn Rice gets you 25, 26 games. I remember when Glenn Rice went to Charlotte, you know, former Miami Heat, obviously, but I remember when Glenn Rice went to Charlotte. And Glenn Rice was having an amazing year, but you never thought to yourself, all right, Glenn Rice is a dude you could put, you know, a bunch of people on his back and go win a championship with. Like, amazingly talented dude, lottery pick, like, you know, a Hall of Famer. There's a lot of guys like that where they didn't come up the way that Jimmy Butler came up. So when it's time to impose that will, you know, you're not looking for that from them, right? And you never will. That dude, that motherfucker made himself into an NBA superstar. He made himself into it. And I, I appreciate the fact that he doesn't front about it. He's like, I didn't think this shit was going to happen like this. He's like, he's like everybody out here is lying if they, they said, oh, I knew Jimmy was going to be this cold. He's like, I didn't know. I didn't know. And it's, you know, that kind of awareness is key. And also, you know, we saw him incredibly young here. Like, and, and I have to, you know, I, I give... I got to do a better job of giving guys grace when it comes to decision-making and the shit that they do at such an incredibly young age when we think, oh, he's four or five years in the league. Like, you should be able to, to, to manage these relationships or understand this or be able to do that. We're talking about 24-year-old, 25-year-old, right? We're talking about 26-year-old, right? And some guys can, but when guys can't, I think we should you know, understand that these are the steps that they have to take. Because I know Jason Tatum's going to get killed this offseason. Yeah. And we're like, wait a minute. You know, we're not even halfway, not even halfway through his career, right? Like, you got to bump your head a few yeah. times. Certain dudes have to. And then certain dudes got to go through that. I'm making myself, period. And Jimmy, Jimmy went through that here. So by the time he got to Minnesota, it was like, oh, yeah, this ain't it. Like, the, 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 y'all, ain't, y'all ain't rolling the way I need y'all to be rolling. Then he gets to Philadelphia, and he could tell that the temperature there was a little soft, too. And then looking back on it, he wasn't wrong. Wasn't wrong. You know, mm-hmm. the things he had to say about Tobias mm-hmm. Harris and things he had to, you know, I'm sure that he thought about Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. Like, he wasn't wrong. He just, he just, there's a way that he could not relay it that would, would be palatable enough. Now he doesn't have to. <laughs> that's that's when the organizations have to come in and say, okay, what can't I uh, uh, work around and what can I work with? Like I can. Jimmy has this fire, right? He has this thing inside him. He doesn't know how to relay it. He doesn't know how to express it, not even to his own teammates. But this is something I can work with. And I think that's when they go when he goes into that meeting with Miami. I think Pat and Spo, they're like, 
I can work with this. Like, I know he's tough on teammates. I know that he's like, we do I can this. work with this. Yeah, I can we do formulate this, this yeah. and form mm. and formulate it right and, and into something that is pure and something that is honest and something that is real. And a lot of organizations, they don't have that ability to say, I can take this and make something out of it. Uh, and there's not a lot of, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of attention paid to that side of the game. And in Chicago specifically, where you're seeing, you know, Jimmy, and you're seeing uh, Laurie Marketing, right? You're seeing these players, they, you know, under this regime, Max Struess, under this regime, right? That, that, that doesn't seem like they have that vision for the culture that say, I can work with this as a base and we can build something out of this. I can help him formulate relationships with his teammates. I can help him do that. But what I can't find and what I can't get is players that have that inside of them that that makes them want to win and makes them want to be better. That's more difficult to find than finding a guy that gets along with his teammates. I'm so tired of hearing that, especially here. Like, oh, man, you know, they get along well. They, they cool. There's nothing going on. I'm like, I don't care. I, I want there to be contentious yeah. because this yeah. ain't it. No, I'm, you know, being being nice at the gig is a plus. It's not a, it's not mandatory. Can you do the gig or not? <laughs> My pops used to always tell me, like, you know, you know, brown noses only get left with shit on their face. <laughs> like, you get, can you do what you got to do and get up out of there or not? And um, after you get past all the pleasantries, after you get past all the uh, the hashtags and the cliche slogans, are you impacting this in a championship way or not? And you could tell on this building. You could tell. Okay, this is this is getting ready to be something. Jimmy Butler, from the moment he started to really, really shine and Derek was on his way out and understanding Derek's limits uh, with his knee injuries and just, you know, his psyche at the time, too. I mean, there was a lot going on with the Bulls, a lot. And then you're talking about Gar Foreman and John Paxson. You're talking about the Pau Gasol era as well, where you get a guy who's dropped in as a free agent, a champion at the time, who was like, wait a minute, I don't do shit like this. These hard practices and all this other stuff. Then the turn on Tom Thibodeau. Like, there was a lot that happened. And and Jimmy was a part of some of those things, right? Like, Jimmy doesn't come out of this thing scot-free. But uh, the victors write history, Right. And in the end, if the Bulls would have went on to championship glory or if the Bulls would have went on to some kind of sustainable success, we'd be sitting here looking at Jimmy Butler like, oh, look, it worked out for everybody. But since that didn't happen and Jimmy Butler has gone, I mean, you know, this is a, this is a couple of finals runs, man. Like this is, this is a, a few all NBA teams. This is all star appearances. Like this is stuff where you're like, wait a minute. You look back on certain trades and certain movements. I mean, Greg Maddox, when he was a Cub, and all of a sudden gets that Cy Young and becomes an Atlanta Brave, we don't even think about Greg Maddox as a Chicago Cub. We don't even think about it nationally. We do here, right? For what? A few hundred thousand dollars was the difference. Like, when you when you see something like that leave, or when you have um, uh, just an energy like that leave, you better damn well replace it. Because all you're going to do is be comparing what could have been, right? Lowry Marketing right now is one of the foundational p- 
pillars of the Utah Jazz going forward. And now they're talking about what, the, what can they put around Lowry, right? Like Zach Levine in this situation that, that the Bulls have right now, all these reports that have come out over this last couple of weeks and certain reports that came out during the trade deadline about the New York Knicks. And uh, I still think Rich Paul pulling up to that Lakers game was not by chance. And, and, and Zach having a terrific game, but when the Bulls played at crypto.com arena, like, you're going to get to a point here where it ain't the talent. (laughs) It's the process. It's the ideology. It's the guardrails with which you place down that people cannot get outside of. I mean, the Miami Heat have uh, not a suggested, a mandatory weight that has to be hit by every player on their team. And it's, it's, it's specific to that player's body makeup and injury history and all those things. But they got some, sh- you start training camp with an F, <laughs> okay? You working your way up. We ain't, we ain't just happy to see you here. And for a few years, kind of felt like, and for me as a Bulls fan, we were celebrating the wrong things. We, we, were, we were happy about the wrong things. We were, we were too cheerful about All-Star. I, I, personal things like Zach Levine becoming a first-time All-Star, definitely important for him. Definitely like a milestone. Don't get me wrong. Uh, all NBA mentions and, 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 you know, um, MVP votes and all those, man, I'm a nineties kid. <laughs> I was born in the eighties. There was a period from 91 to 98 where I knew what the fuck I was going to be doing every June, every June. So, for me to fast forward 25, Jesus Christ, 25 years. For me to fast forward 25 years, shout out to the class of 98, by the way. I hope I see none of y'all at this high school reunion. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully you guys have, hopefully you guys have got your, your high price wigs stapled to your ugly girlfriend's heads because I'm helicoptering in that bitch. Just letting y'all know is not going to be a subtle entrance to the 25th year and uh, reunion. Just letting y'all know. <laughs> just, just, just keeping it funky. I know a few of y'all listen to this. I see y'all sharing it on Facebook. I, I know what's going on. Please believe, I there's going to be a fanfare, right? But it's been 25 years. It's been 25 years, man. Like I'm not, I'm not here for all star births anymore. That's for the kids who are 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. That's for the new fans you're trying to build, right? That's for the dudes whose first real star in this city playing basketball was Derrick Rose, right? There, there, there are certain guys and girls who have that kind of, like, that's, that's their zone. So when I see Jimmy Butler play like this, when I see Larry Markkinen play like the way he's playing, yeah, it does up the uh, trepidation level. It does up the, um, the anxiety as a Bulls fan where you're like, okay, anytime now, <laughs> anytime, you know, their 85 is my 98. Right, like I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on it, and to watch that dude take a group of undrafted guys like Max Struess, like Caleb Martin, like Highsmith, like these are dudes who are playing big minutes. You know, Bam Adebayo didn't have a great game, right? And I think Bam Adebayo is uh, a, a really nice player, but show me who's number two is Bam Adebayo that should be going through the Eastern Conference like this. Show me that. Show me that team where you could say this is the level of number two that I have. 
and not have prime LeBron and 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 take your way through the Eastern Conference Finals, staring down some of the best players and best organizations in the NBA. Kudos to the Miami Heat. Kudos to the Miami Heat. Kudos to Jimmy Butler. Uh, this is the the longest that I have ever extolled the virtues of that man. And uh, I wish I wish him and the people that I know in that organization the best because uh, that Denver thing is tough. That Denver thing is tough. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. All right, this is The Full Goal Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer, and of course, Spotify is the gang. And ladies and gentlemen, every once in a while, we get a guest that uh, you roll the red carpet out for some, but not for many. And then on top of it, you got to throw something else out there. When it comes to the rose petals, you got to send an, a, 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 a black car. You know what I'm saying? You got to make sure it's the finest because <laughs> when we extend the invite to the OG, ladies and gentlemen, the man who I got a chance to work with at NBA Radio on Sirius XM, one of, one of my many stops, and he is definitely still a part of that team. But you know him better as the, the soundtrack to your Heat Finals run. Okay, he is Heat Radio play-by-play man, uh, Heat TV legend, um, Cincinnati's finest. Don't ever get it twisted. We're not going to fight you. No, I'm just saying there are very few people who I trust, not only with career advice, but also with my platform. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the OG Jason Jackson joining us here on the full go. Hello, brother. How are you? That's how you bring me out. That's yeah. Steve Harvey shit right there. You, I mean, <laughs> we should be in Charlotte right now. Walking out doing a 90, 90 minute set. That's my it. man, my man. So I know. I know you're still saturated in champagne and uh, all the pleasantries. I could smell the cigar smoke through the oh, window. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> um, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah, that's no, great. Like, how? Perfect question. Perfect like, question. How, dog? How? How is this happening again? I, I've now covered this team for 19 seasons, and everything kind of had it's kind of preset intention when i arrive trade for shaquille Dwayne wade's on the come up i understand that i know what's happening shaquille goes off Dwayne turns into his own entity a few first round dropouts um pat's done coaching spo takes over a couple years later lebron and chris show up i know what's happening i get it i'm excited about what's happening being a roadie for a rock show for four years, right? <laughs> so that stops, and I'm not sure what we're going to do there in that window. Just It was just kind of, let's put some stuff together. We'll be plucky. 
<laughs> we'll get Goran Dragic, get some two um, lottery picks along the yeah. way, right? Bam, yeah. and then Tyler. Yeah. And, uh, and then Dwayne comes back from his uh, dark period. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that dark period is this fine time that he spent in the city known as Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. Don't, oh, don't, don't mind, Jason. We both had to own some of that. <laughs> both of us had some, some stuff there. And then, um, and because of his uh, prodigal sonness, he, uh, he showed something to Jimmy Butler that I think, somebody asked me today about Jimmy and his way. And I think why Miami has been so different than the other stops for him is that there was an acknowledgement that he is unlike other people. And then he was told he didn't have to apologize for that, mm. that there mm. was a freedom that suited the kind of insanity that goes along with being a part of the Miami heat. And when I say insanity, it's good stuff. If you like basketball, you know, we've all been around cats that are tall. And so this was a really good <laughs> path. And then we know people that just love being in the gym. And then there's the spectrum, right? Jimmy's the cat that will just be in the gym. His work-life balance is on point now that he's a father. However, the work comes first. And so I give you all of that to say, that I'm fine that in my 19 seasons that I had no idea what was happening, no idea what I was watching. And last night I was in the back of the plane with the Bob Cousy Eastern Conference trophy on my lap. And let me tell you, this shit's heavy. <laughs> Much like the burden in the crown. Um, Come on, man. <laughs> yo, it's crazy. I, I, yeah. I saw something 2006, right? Alonzo's, you know, run to the finals. You know, he got, sure. got him what he needed. No team has been to the NBA finals more in the NBA than the Miami mm. Heat since 2006. Like, we do all this dynastic shit. We talk right. about many runs. We talk about runs that could have been and should have been. And mm -hmm. from what you just said, like, I remember when I first started working with you and started <laughs> to, you know, poke you like, all right. Yeah, give me the lowdown on this culture shit, man. Like everybody's yeah. talking this culture shit. And you, and only you, by the way, are still right. the only person who made me believe it until I kept having to see it. You know what right. I mean? It's like the Terminator shit where it's like, oh, okay, that person plays the same. This person is the same amount of asshole. Oh, okay, Gabe Vincent is out here killing the Bulls. I'm sure he's doing this to other people. Oh, okay, right. Duncan Robinson can't shoot anymore. Max Struess, a dude who was a former Bull. Shout out to John Struess every, every game. I used to run out, run into John on the concourse at the United Center pre and post My game, man. and he'd be giving me updates on how well Max was doing in his rehab. So I understand the basketball asshole that you have to be to be a winner, but to have that be the bedrock and the foundation of a franchise where it's not just um, lip service, like you see right. it come through. There's no way in hell second row Joe and them boys should have dropped the way that they dropped. And I just keep thinking... Some of this shit has to be true. Some of this has to be true. Yeah, I know. Did it's you just okay. call that grown man second hey, row, Joe? Hey, man, Bill, it's Dollar Bill. Dollar Bill Simmons came up with it. You know, I, wow. I, I give him the credit. But yeah, man, this is... Yeah, it, man. This ain't, this ain't by chance anymore. What was it? <laughs> that aspect of it can't be fair, right? So the way that Boston went about 
dealing with uh, their head coach was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. And Agreed. even though they're, they're a storied organization and a lot of people to be respected over there, um, you're never going to be able to convince me that needed to be a public flogging. And and I'm a reasonable human being and I'm open-minded. I think a little more with the left side of my brain, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And you were in a really tough position anyway. And I'm sure that's probably what fueled their decision is this is not what we want in our organization. And I can, I can get, you know, when you have some of the argument of some of the factors and individuals who are involved, I mean, something's got to happen, right? But there are a lot of people with a lot of problems who are head coaches in this league. You never find who out have about been it. head coaches in this league, and we never knew what their problems were. You just move on every three years just, for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you can be like, this is a great basketball mind, <laughs> and the stuff that's happening in here cannot continue to happen in this space with the people who run this team. And that could just be that. Right. Yep. We have been confused by firings many times. And we unless you know somebody or somebody who's willing to you know spill the beans, you don't you don't get what we saw. And then it was the keep them, don't keep them, keep them, don't keep them. And all the while, some of their really good assistants were getting jobs elsewhere. Right. And I'm not saying Missoula wasn't a good assistant. I'm saying he wasn't ready for this. In this spot against right. this guy on right. the other side. That that was a factor in this too, and and that's something that in next year, four years, whatever the time frame is, you take those beatings and you take that pain and you take I almost we almost pulled out of that thing and you can dissect all of that. It'll keep them up. It's going to keep them up. Um, but those are not my concerns currently. <laughs> no, they aren't. I want to no, talk no. to you about the excuse making as well, because yeah. all I'm hearing is, well, is if Tatum's ankle doesn't roll in the first play, what happens? And I'm like, hey, hey, uh, Tyler Hero is donning the finest of Dior's spring wear, okay? And has been since the first half of the first playoff game of this Barely run. upsetting Coach Van Gundy. Oh, every time yeah. out. Every time. It's all it is. It's, it's just, you know what it is. You know, you walk into yeah. a club Long and everybody can't, yeah, yeah, everybody can't get the sauce, right? And it's fine. Yeah. I wouldn't want to see Stan in some of those outfits. But they haven't had Tyler Hero. Victor Oladipo, who people don't really talk about and haven't talked about for the last couple of years until you watch a Miami game and go, oh, shit, they got Victor Oladipo, right? I mean, there's a few people who weren't around. And then all of a sudden, Gabe Vincent, who I thought could hoop from the moment I saw him play with that Nigerian team, I was like, wait a minute, this dude is a pit bull. I hope he is not another one of these Miami clones. And he is one. He has turned into one. And then you get Max Struess doubling down on Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson finds his way back to being Duncan Robinson. And then Caleb Martin. I mean, God damn. I mean, Andrew, Tony, move over. Because there is a new nightmare maker in Boston Celtics lore. Like, all these things don't come together by chance. So, the Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra part, the Jimmy Butler part, um, it's just, it's the kind of organization and the kind of organizational health that people in this city yearn for. And I'm sure other cities as well. But, you know, the Bulls in Miami have had their playoff battles. Like, to see where this thing has come from full circle 
and now all the way back to six years ago, Jimmy Butler being traded from the Chicago Bulls seems like so, so much longer than that. Just how, you know, before we get to the Denver preview, um, the gratifying part, is it the winning or is it seeing how they won? It's entirely how you do it. And I don't think people are going to get, you know, uh, up into the weeds on that one only because we are very results driven and that's part of the business. But let me tell you something about the two head coaches that are about to go toe to toe for the title. And if we start looking at the coaches who have won titles over the last 20 years, there is a running, there's a running theme where you find it repetitive. So I'm going to take the Raptors and kind of put them on a shelf up here for a second. Mm Mm-hmm. Second longest tenured, fourth longest tenured head coach with their team are the last two coaches standing. That is not an accident. That each team probably could look in the timeline of assessment of their coach and could have been less than. And it's the hardest, I believe, the hardest part of our profession is believing that the next coach is going to do it. (laughs) That it's not about your personnel or your development or your front office decisions, GMs that get three coaches before they even get an eye batted at them, sometimes many more than that. So that's the part I love the most is that there are organizations that still have a respect for the craft of coaching. And oftentimes you need a coach who's your boss. Now, Denver doesn't have that, but they at least have folks that recognize if we just keep spinning this wheel, we may never get back to where we, where we once were, at least a, a team that could be considered a conference finalist. And then obviously this is Spell's 15th season as head coach, 27th year in the organization, which happens to be the same amount of time that Pat Riley's been in the organization. That stuff is not, like you said, it's not made up. It's intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And I will, and just thinking about it just now, because you mentioned the second longest tenured coach, Greg Popovich, obviously, is the longest tenured coach. I'm going to tell you all right now, Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat beat the Denver Nuggets in this finals. You can start having that conversation. And I'm and I'm being dead ass because of the different iterations that this dude has had to do it with. Like, shout out to Greg Popovich, one of the greatest of all time, just in any sport, not just basketball. But to do it with Tim Duncan... Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili as your core for so long, even when Kawhi Leonard became a superstar right before anybody knew he was becoming one. You look at how many different teams that Eric Spolstra has coached in the time. Like you mentioned, you know, the the Miami Heat seemingly don't rest on their laurels. If you're not working, you're out of there. And also (laughs) simple. The situation might fuse you out of there as is. Like uh, it's like Ocho Cinco going to New England, and be like, "Yo, this ain't for me. This ain't fun. <laughs> I'm not with this shit. I just want to run routes and have a good time." Right? Yeah. Like I feel like exactly. that Miami Heat thing has the same kind of tenor. Eric Spolstra, if he pulls this one off, because nobody in in hell is giving the Miami yeah. Heat a chance in this situation. If he pulls this one off, he's already cemented Hall of Famer, one of the greatest yeah. of all time. We're gonna have to start having that real, real top five conversation. Yeah, it's fair to start saying that this could be his masterpiece. Yeah, man. That that's the, the that when you look at the octane of, of jet fuel that he had from 2010 to 2014, you know, you get that terrible thing that coaches get. You were supposed to win. It's like, come on, man. Like, it's crazy. We're going to act like 
you, like not managing personalities is not a thing. Like it has become the number one thing for coaches that are are, are winning. <laughs> if they're winning, they've learned how to fuse their philosophy into the personality of their team. And then you've got to be symbiotic with your front office. Don't don't bring players in here that can't do the things we do. Listen, gentlemen, only recently, and this is a unique recent development of Eric Spolster, only recently has there not been tape, elbow pads, knee pads, and mouthpieces that shoot around. <laughs> <laughs> See now you can is talk like this would make Jim Boylan too messant. <laughs> this is the kind of basketball talk that, that gets you going, but, right? But here. I think that's an evolution, right? The spell goes, okay. We're, the schedule has changed. <laughs> I we have can't to be different as much, so we probably shouldn't go quite two days, right? I used to say all the time, I don't know anybody loves practice more than Eric Spolster. Mm. Yeah, if there was a window, it was coming. And those windows just aren't there the way that the schedule has been put together now over the last couple of years. But man, it, it's he will sit in a free agent meeting, look you dead in your eye, and tell you, listen, it doesn't make you a bad person if you don't sign here. Because we're not for everybody. Mm. Mm. Like you gotta you gotta really check your shit, though. Okay. I mean, it's, you're already you know you're gonna check money marquee. And minutes, probably, you know, coming in. But then it's also like, are you here for the competition? I mean, everybody's this this the life that we get, the life that this all affords us. Different levels, I know, with players and the money that they're ne- negotiating. But for the most part, we're all doing really well being around basketball. Yes. <laughs> so let's put that on the shelf and let's get to work. And either you do that or you do not. But if you do not, Jason, you said it very well. You may not necessarily want to go, <laughs> but it's tough to hang around yeah. if the mechanism works like that and nobody's moving, nobody's flinching. You know, we know the story of LeBron James trying to walk up in Pat's office, asking him if he's coming down to coach any time soon. Like, Get out of my office. <laughs> And stop talking shit about your coach because he's going to find out anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. like Straight up. It is what it is. I'm, I'm with it, man. I'm with it. I'm, I, I, I get, I'm getting older and I'm getting more, become more of a curmudgeon. You know, I'm tired of these boys not taking their fucking cool off when the prize is right there for you. And I, you know, I, I, the, the NBA and especially basketball is one of the greatest truth tellers, I think, in life. Because after all the bullshit, everybody, like you mentioned, is paid. Everybody's got the clothes. Everybody's got the cribs. Everybody's got the cars. You may have the company that you want around you after this game. But in the end, you know, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Give me two minutes on Jimmy Butler. How is he? How was he when he arrived? As opposed to what he is now. You mentioned the father piece. I mean, I got a chance yeah. to, to cover Jimmy very, very early in his career. Saw him make some mistakes, but also respected the shit out of how hard he worked and saw him sometimes alienate people with that hard work, right? Like, I'm working this hard. Why can't you be better? And right. it seems like he's around a crew that speaks his language. Yeah. I, like I said before, when he came in, he was given the peace of being himself. And I think and he, and he says it in different ways about that thankfulness for that, um, which I think in any workspace, like that's unique, you know, to be the lead and, and, and 
nobody's getting the keys because the organization is set up so solidly, but um, that has to feel good. And then each edition, and even if it's coming from Sioux Falls mm. or if it's coming in a buyout market, that just he, he trusts that the individuals more than not are going to be guys that, that match what he's up to. And, and here's the thing. If you're a young player coming in, how can you not? That dude over there is about to make $50 million playing basketball. I might want to do the shit that he's doing. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not a complicated concept, <laughs> right? And at the same time, gets in, gets his work done. He ain't got no time for us. Now, I've had to, I've had to work through that. I've had to work on the fact that Jimmy ain't got no time for my microphone. And I can be a slick and try to work the brother angle. Right, right, and right, 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 right. No <laughs> for this microphone. <laughs> and only recently, I'll be honest, only recently have I come to grips with it. Yeah, <laughs> you're fighting your fight too. Everybody's got their challenges. Four years of me just going, my pay is the same, his pay is the same. <laughs> if he does it or he doesn't, I know the windows where he's not going to, and I know when he's going to do it, he's going to MF everybody and just get in and get out. I'm 51. I got no time to be worried about how I feel about it because he was going to feel the way he's going to feel about it. But he is too, um, his word. And I don't know if you want more than that from your superstar other than their skill set and their work ethic. If you if you already let people know how it's going to be and it's not far off that, then... That's what it is. The choice is yours. The choice <laughs> is yours. Come on or don't. Exactly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know you got a role. I appreciate yes, your time. And uh, you, like I mentioned at the top, you are definitely one of the OGs and one of the dudes I look forward to talking to. And you're like my Jay-Z call, man. You know how I'm I've heard. Brother, I've heard man, that's true. I've, that's, I've, I've, no, listen, I've heard the only people, guy for 10 more years. I'm up out of here. Hey, I'm going I, to hey. Listen, I'm getting on I'm, this boat and I'm, I'm headed east. You. I'm going to follow Come on, you. man. Yeah, trust me. Trust me. You're my Jay-Z right. call, like I mentioned. I don't waste this call. I make sure I, I, I set it up and only do it a few times a year. Uh, thank you for all the... Um, the wisdom that you've imparted upon me, I'd like to tell oh. people, Vincent Goodwill, Sierra Santos, and Jason Jackson are the reason why I'm doing the TV part of this thing. And I was very, I had trepidation and you jumped them in my ear and said, hey, yes, if you don't get your black ass on that television and do what you're supposed to. <laughs> so I appreciate you, brother. I Come appreciate on, man. You. Somebody said it to me. So I needed to say it to you. Yes, sir. That's all it is. Yes, sir. How's Justin and, and, and Jordan? They're awesome, man. Uh, the oldest is about to start his career in intercollegiate athletics at Ferris State University. On Let's the, get it. On the 6th of June. Yes, sir. And uh, I'm excited for him, man. He's going to be an athletic director uh, before he's 30. And that's not me putting pressure on him. That's me believing in who he is and what he wants to do. The second one has uh, had a retirement from basketball at 20. Okay. So okay. that tells you how 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 this game can just grind the love out of you sometimes. Um, and now I'm paying for school. That's fun. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> but uh, but Jordan is a junior at uh, FAMU, uh -huh. loving life on the tallest, uh, or is it just the highest of Seven Hills? I believe. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Shout out to the and that bursar is in my pocket. So <laughs> it, it better be the quickest two years. 
speaking of four semesters. Out, so real quick before I run, Justin it took his time. I mean, four years, but then grad school. Uh-huh. Got two masters, so beautiful. Kudos. Yeah, yeah. But it's still a six-year window that it went, you know, that it happened. And I and as we were doing all the stuff, changing car insurance and coming off the family, you know, Verizon plan, all that yeah. really important stuff that we do. Um, I looked over at Jordan, I said, and this is you in two years. You may not go to grad school. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, tell them the truth. Which is, which is not right. It's not right. I'm Nobody just enjoying asked. having fewer people on the payroll. <laughs> like just the taste of one getting off. With hey, a case of uh, Russian Beautiful. Standard and, uh, and a box of Romeo e Julieta is coming your way, my man. Uh, I appreciate you. Bless you, my man. I appreciate, appreciate you. Keep up the great work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jason right. Jackson right here on the Full Go Podcast. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side-by-side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. Hey, it's Len Casper, the radio voice of the White Sox. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. So... Baseball season is always fun because you can drop in, drop out, move around a little bit. You know it's going to be right there for you. It's the soundtrack of your summer and the songs that have been played over the last couple of weeks for both sides of town have been a little bit different, right? The the White Sox have gotten themselves a renewed energy and renewed spirit, even though they still sit in the shittiest division of all of baseball in fourth place. But Eloy Jimenez been been able to hit the ball these last 10 games or so, right? And Liam Hendricks in a, an absolutely outstanding moment. Uh, and shout out to Jason Benetti. You know, I always say that we are blessed with two of the best announcers in all of their sport, and Adam Amin and Jason Benetti. Those guys are local guys in this city. And Jason Benetti being the narrator for an extraordinary moment, Liam Hendricks coming back, um, taking the mound for the first time since being di- uh, diagnosed uh, with the cancer, and he he uh, he got out there, and the the angel stayed out of the box for him, and you know he got a rousing ovation, and 
you know, you could tell he was getting a little bit emotional. So there, there was there was a good moment uh, in, in, in the Sox early goings this season, which have been just absolutely uh, consistently riddled with bad moments. But I, I got to really get to the point where John Heyman and these trade talks as a Sox fan, I don't know that I've been okay with this kind of conversation this early in the season for a team that I thought was supposed to contend. I don't think I've ever been here before. And I don't think that I've ever been on the, the accord with, of, yeah, you can go ahead and send them. I, I'm sorry, man. Like we, we're talking about Mike Clevenger, who since he's gotten here has been a distraction to say the least, been hurt a little bit. But if he wants to be a back of the rotation guy for somebody, go ahead and pitch your ass off until the trade deadline comes around. Mike Clevenger, you get a guy like Lucas Gilito. Who's, who's lost some weight, try to get himself back into shape. His ERA is down a, a full run uh, from last year. Seems like he and Ethan Katz have been, you know, figuring out the, the minor tinks to his command and, and his, um, his delivery that is necessary because Lucas gets out of whack every once in a while. But the, the very, very interesting part of this, I was waiting to see one of these dudes in the lineup's name being mentioned in John Heyman's report, but you know, like Eloy Jimenez or, you know, somebody, Yoan Mankata, somebody of that ilk. Dylan Cease's name got thrown out there. And I know Dylan Cease, uh, after having the second most Cy Young votes in the AL last year uh, and, and having an ERA, minuscule ERA, I believe his ERA is somewhere around the fours right now, high fours. That slider and a, a pitch that was damn near unhittable, one of the best pitch pitches in all of baseball, according to fan graphs and baseball lovers alike, that slider just ain't sliding these days. And for whatever reason, Dylan Cease has been getting touched up. So to see his name, especially with two years of control, uh, two years of clubhouse cost control, to see his name bandied about in these reports is a little unsettling, to say the least, because you're still going to have to have something. You're still going to have to have some kind of foundation to sell to White Sox fans to come back to the ballpark if you start to offload some things during this trade deadline. And let's face it, White Sox fans are a hard group to tell to come back to something if you haven't given them proof of concept. I think Dylan Cease would go a long way in giving them proof of concept and just writing this off as a tough season, dead arm, the most innings he's pitched, those kinds of things that you can throw out there as excuses while you try to figure out why your ace isn't playing or pitching like an ace. But other than that, yeah, these bullpen arms, some of these dudes in this lineup, they can go. They can go. This has been one of the more um, underwhelming and disappointing runs for a core of an organization that I can ever remember. You know, we really, as Sox fans, didn't even get a chance to really get into this, okay, you got to the ALCS and you lost in six games, or you got to the World Series and you lost in five games and it was heartbreaking, but it's just a minor tweak here, a minor tweak there. This team has replaced its manager. <laughs> this team has gone out and spent money in free agency. You know, this team over these last two or three years has done a whole bunch of different things. They've just been a whole bunch of the wrong move. And for whatever reason, this this group, this group hasn't been taught the kind of baseball that is necessary to win when your talent isn't playing at its optimal level. And we've all been out there before or played a game with people before where you're like, damn, man. Uh, people don't know how cold this person is. But as soon as they start getting after it, they're going to see. That's how we've been talking about the damn White Sox for the last three or four years. 
And it ain't Tony LaRusa anymore. So you can throw that out as far as an excuse and blame. I'm tired of hearing about Rick Hahn or Kenny Williams saying how upset they are and, you know, put the blame on me. That's an easy way. You, we ain't going to fire you. So it's, it's on you and Jerry Reinsdorf to understand who the blame should be put on and how acceptable it is. Meanwhile, on the north side of town, you got Marcus Stroman out here pitching one-hit complete game gems. And Cubs fans, of course, are very, very upset with David Ross because this team is underwhelming, underperforming. And I'll just say this. You can't press the get people out button in the bullpen right now. I mean... You know, Leiter Jr., Alzale, and 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 sometimes, and not recently, but sometimes, because I still think Michael Fulmer's stuff is decent enough. I just think he's just getting hit. But there's nobody in that bullpen, especially a guy like Kyle Hendricks goes five innings, first five innings start uh, in over a year. He goes five innings in his second start back, and you got to build a bridge to Alzale. You got to build a bridge to Lighter. You got to build a bridge to Merriweather. And they have had issues in that six through eight inning stretch where they're high leverage outs, and you can't get anybody to get consistent enough outs time in and time out. Hayden Wisniewski is going to get some some looks now. I mean, this is a guy who was a starting pitcher with all the stuff that you can ask for a prospect to have. He just got beat up first time around. Goes on the injured list, comes back. I don't expect him to be in high leverage moments and situations. I know David Ross was asked about that. And managing a bullpen when you don't know who's going to get who out is tough as hell. But the real concern that I think Cubs fans should kind of dash away is the offensive one. I know the Cubs fans are upset that the guys aren't coming through with the quote-unquote clutch hit. Hey, y'all. I I looked at the on-base percentage for the Chicago Cubs going into today's game against the Tampa Bay Rays. They were second in the National League. So at some point, there has to be a market correction. Right? At some point, things have to balance out over the course of a 162-game schedule. Now, do I think they're going to be a top five on-base percentage team? I think at some point they'll start to regress a little bit to the middle. But look at the on-base percentages that you have, especially at the top of the lineup. Nico Horner, before he got hurt, was, was looking like an old-school leadoff man, the way he was setting the table. Dansby Swanson, even through his swoon, it's still sitting at a 368 OBP and it's going to play every single day for you because that's what he does. Now, David Ross is going to have to manage that, right? Is, is he better playing 152, 151, 150 games? Or is he an everyday kind of dude like he was for Brian Snicker and the Atlanta Braves back in the day? Ian Happ, 397 on base percentage. Seiya Suzuki, 382 on base percentage. So guys are getting on. Guys are just not... Coming around to score. And at some point, with the variance in small sample sizes, when when that gets thrown out, you're going to see this team score more runs. The problem is this division, right? Like, you shouldn't be where you are in this division right now. The Pittsburgh Pirates are surprising the shit out of everybody. The St. Louis Cardinals are trying to steady that ship. The Milwaukee Brewers and Cincinnati Reds, you know, what are you going to do with that? Like, I understand. I understand the angst by Cubs fans right now, but just hold on. It's going to all come out in the wash. If David Ross is a terrible manager, we're going to find out here soon, right? Because the pieces keep, you know, season after season in his managerial tenure, there's, there's, there's pieces that keep getting added slowly but surely.
You know, say a Suzuki comes in there. Uh, you know, a Dansby Swanson comes in there. Now you, you're relying on a dude named Mike Taupman, which is hilarious to me these last couple of games, right? But the, the pieces are getting more and more valuable. Jed Hoyer is only going to do this so long before he's like, hey, uh, the Ricketts family looking at me, so you got to go. It's as simple as that. And, and I think David Ross is a terrific communicator. I think he's a, a, a smart baseball dude. I think sometimes he sticks... You know, with certain guys a little bit too long in terms of, you know, having that that attaboy kind of managers, uh, players manager kind of vibe to him. But, hey, man, I, I don't think that this is on David Ross right now. I think this is on the fact that you've got a small enough sample size offensively that can make you pull your hair out, even though the OBP is where it should be. And you can't get anybody out consistently in the bullpen. I don't think this Cubs team is is a playoff-destined squad, but I think that they should be playing some meaningful baseball with a month or so left in the season. And right now, that's what you should be asking for as a Cubs fan. If you think this is a division-winning team and you think David Ross is underwhelming severely, then I disagree with you. I disagree with you. I think think he's a decent enough manager. I also think that there's a whole bunch of factors right now that no manager would be able to outmanage. You cannot have dudes coming out that bullpen looking you in the eye and saying, I ain't getting nobody out. So kiss somebody else up as well. Marcus Stroman took the ball and did not give it back. You listen, the the most the most um uh raucous section of the entire Wrigley Field crowd was right there down that first baseline in the bullpen because none of them had to get up. It was like, thank you, Marcus. We appreciate you for not letting us pour gasoline on this fucking fire. So, hey, Cubs fans, chill. Just chill. This thing wasn't supposed to be, you know, it wasn't supposed to be destined for greatness this year. Okay? And if you if you want David Ross out of here, it'll happen. <laughs> Trust me, it'll happen because Jed Hoyer ain't about to mess around and give up his position the first time in the big chair after Theo Epstein. This, he got to get this thing going here. He was a part of the dismantling. So now that he's building up these pieces, he's going to have his he's going to have his bus driver in the seat. Now, if that's David Ross, cool. If not, we're going to find out. But worrying about the, the offense is one thing I'm not going to do. And blaming a manager for not getting people out of the bullpen that they, they, they really can't get anybody out. Uh, that's not something I'm going to do either. South side, north side, we got different, different ways of looking at this thing right now. If you're a fan of the Sox, you understand uh, this thing is over. This thing is over. They fourth in the AL Central, even if they climb their ass all the way to win the division. The Sox ain't beating nobody in the playoffs with the way they play baseball. Nobody. They still missing cutoff men. They still throwing to the wrong base. They still running in the outs. They have to hit home runs. They have to have that lineup mash the baseball because for whatever reason, once one thing is working, the other one is not. And that's how disjointed this team has been over the last season and a half. So I believe you when you tell me who you are. So Cubs fans, chill. Sox fans, Get ready to enjoy all the Justin Fields activity and, and, and column inches and content that you possibly can. It's as simple as that. It's the full go, baby! That's all the time we have for episode 249 of the Full Go podcast. I want to thank our guest, Jason Jackson, Heat 
play-by-play voice on the radio side of things. Also, Heat TV legend. That's the OG. That's a guy that I uh, I look towards when I uh, need some career advice or I need a laugh, whatever the case may be. Uh, he is uh, he's one of the best in the business. Uh, a sterling career, uh, might I add. If you if you go back to the uh, the old days on the ESPN NBA show, you know, back in the days where Jason had hair. Right. It was a different, different time back then. So shout out to our guy, Jason Jackson. Congratulations to him and the Heat franchise for making it to the finals where they will get beat by the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I want to thank our production staff, as always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti and my main man, Tony Gill, the Chiefs vibes officer and the the, the smooth guy, uh, our guy, Chris Sutton. That's it. You know, we appreciate y'all for hanging out with us. We appreciate y'all for downloading this thing, subscribing to this thing, uh, sharing it with your family and friends, rating and reviewing it, giving it the five stars you know it needs. If not, we're going to see you in these streets. The voicemail line is always open for you at 773-359-3103. You can go ahead and leave any of your musings there, uh, your, your Memorial Day activities. I had a whole bunch of white people invite me to barbecues via social media. You guys should know uh, that that is a dangerous um, feat. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if y'all run around jumping out of vans, giving candy to kids as well. But uh, I definitely wasn't going to show up at y'all barbecue. I was just messing around with you on social media. So I apologize if y'all are mad at me for not uh, accepting y'all invites. But hey, man, 4th of July is right around the corner. Y'all could try to do it then. I'll send Tony, though. I'll send Tony as my replacement to go ahead and smoke out the place first. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what the Juneteenth invites uh, from those same people. I don't people. know. I don't know. But I, you know me, Tom. I'm looking forward to when, <laughs> when the white folks Cinco de Mayo the shit out of Juneteenth. I can't wait. Okay, they, at some point, they got to take some of this back, right? Like, we be running around this bitch in all green, drinking green beers on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Don't know a saint nor a person named Patrick, right? Cinco de Mayo, you see brothers running around in sombreros and shit. You ask them what the genesis of it is or the origin. They couldn't tell you. They just know tacos and tequila. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So don't you don't you wait. Don't you wait. You, they already tried to push the ice cream with the, 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 the chains on it right? Like, you know, and my fiance buying candles with kente cloth and shit on it. So it's not far away. It's not far away. You know, don't worry. You're going to get you a, you're going to get you electronics Juneteenth sale coming up here real soon. (laughs) Have you ever seen glory on an 85 inch screen? Come on down. (laughs) Oh Lord have mercy. All right. It's time for us to close this thing out. Tony has done what he has come here to do every pod which is throw one thing out there that he knows i probably shouldn't bite on but i will he's done that successfully so he's done his gig for the night uh we will talk to y'all on thursday yeah that's right we'll talk to y'all on thursday right here on the full go podcast until then take care of each other be safe and remember to stay sucker free This episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning though, it's hot. Like, literally. It's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. 
available in eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates.